Okay, with Daniel Blake, The Star Mill is the short film played at the Black and White Film Festival. It is an animation film. It is five, four minutes and 44 seconds long. It is a really, really cool film. You're Canadian, correct, Daniel? I am, and proud. Yeah, so that's what we have in common. We're actually, we're actually close by. We actually could have done this in person if we yeah. have one of us wanted to drive. We're basically brothers. So tell me about, okay, so you did the animation uh, as well, correct? I did, yeah. And you wrote the screenplay? Mm-hmm. All right, so where does this, uh, how did this, see this idea come from from you? It's uh, Sheridan College film? Yeah, it is. It was basically uh, for our final year of the animation program at Sheridan College. How was that program, by the way? I was just there. I was there a few months ago doing oh, a presentation you? for their film program. Andrew uh, it, Stevenson. Do you know? Sorry, say the name again? Andrew Stevenson. He does the, I think he does the film, not the animation, but he does the film program there. Oh, no, I haven't run into him. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard his name thrown around, though. Yeah, but yeah, I know I really enjoyed the the program. Uh, specifically, the last year, it's fun because uh, each student has to create their own film for the entirety of the year. So I remember I wanted to for my film, I wanted to pick something that uh, really that really captured how I was feeling at the time I was making it. So tell me, okay, so what's the steps then? Like, how does it work? So this is like a film, your, your last, it's like kind of a thesis film, correct? Yes. So what does it work like? So September rolls around, like we're doing this podcast, everybody's going back to school. So you, you're you're doing your last year. So do you have this idea? Do you have the script already written? Like, what's the process for you to make this film? Okay, so basically uh, when you're going in September, uh, like you have your concept already, you thought about it over the summer. Uh, you write down, like for me, I wrote down like a script, a really loose script with the dialogue and the beats of the story. Uh, then from there, I storyboarded it, it out. So I drew these little like panels that kind of captured visually what I wanted to go for according to that script. And uh, at the end of first semester, you basically want an animatic that has the images you drew timed out to like a rough uh, scratch track, just so you know for second semester what you're going to have to animate and design. So that those were that's basically the the workflow that you go. So through. basically, the first semester is kind of like a development, a little bit of pre-production, and then kind of like you know what your design is going to be, and then the second semester is you're going to animate the film, I guess, right? Exactly. First semester is pre-production, and then second semester you hit the ground running in post-production stuff. So when did you cook? Because it'll give people a background. It's like uh, it's about a about this boy who uh, and his pet, <laughs> and his pet <laughs> owl, right, or owl bear. Basically, he's running a windmill, uh, windmill that powers the stars at night. Kind of, yes. kind of a metaphor for something. Uh, we can read between the lines. I don't want to give anything away. But where did you come up with this idea? Uh, so basically, I actually saw this uh, one animated short from this French school called Goblins, I think it's called. Okay. And they it was like a, it was this very atmospheric world building sort of piece about like these lizards and these instruments. And I knew I wanted to somehow find a way to combine uh an interesting sort of world that I created with uh, sort of those feelings that I mentioned earlier, that the way I was feeling about uh, school and it coming to an end. And so I kind of, I, I wanted to combine the two and find some sort of visually interesting way to, to deal with it. And I've always loved uh, the stars, like space imagery, that sort of thing. So I found a way to combine that with the emotional core that I wanted. So and that, the, that's kind of how it came about. The joke, so you're you're going to your last year's school. So you're you're kind of petrified or scared that school is over for you. It was more like a it's like a mix of like excitement, but you're since you don't know how things are gonna work out, you don't know if you're gonna end up homeless under a bridge or something. So it was kind of like that uncertainty, it sort of uh 
that that was a little it was a little scary even though you're excited to see what comes next and that's kind of what i wanted so we're now it's a year later uh since you like how's it how's it going for you it's going pretty well it worked out um it was like a i have like a job right now that i'm working in toronto things are going pretty smoothly not living under a bridge yeah it's a pretty good sign so you're like you're you in the in the film industry are you in the animation industry yeah, I'm working as a storyboard revisionist in Toronto. Awesome. So for animation. That's great. Yeah, you're very talented. So I'm sure this this film served you well, right? When you're showcasing your work? Yeah, it definitely did. A lot of people uh, seem to really connect with it, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, there's something, yeah, there's something really interesting in the film. So Black and White, which we you showed at the Black and White Film Festival, uh, kind of a gutsy choice. Did your did your professor or your mentor kind of talk try to talk you out of it or why was black and white you kind of your vision <laughs> i told a few friends that i was like i think i'm gonna have black and white in my film and they're like oh with like gray and i'm like no just a bunch of lines very heavy black i, I know i wanted to i really wanted to go for that for two reasons uh one i really like looking at rough sketches not even finished art pieces as much yeah. as just the the original sketches kind of like an energy to it that i really wanted to capture but also uh I thought that the, the the mood of the film, I wanted it to be sort of warm, but kind of lonely. And when I see a black and white film, it kind of, I knew it could add that element of like melancholy that I really wanted to go for. So, so this is hand-drawn animation, right? Yes. So does everybody in your program do this film or they do 3D? Is there different styles like clay animation or is everybody doing uh, hand-drawn animation? Uh, the majority is doing uh, hand-drawn from what I've seen. Okay. But there's like there's, there are other people who did uh, stop motion films as well as uh, 3D animated films. You get to kind of choose depending on what you want to focus on. So they teach you all these things, or then what, like what are they teaching you? Like, and, and I'm just curious, like what 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 exactly do they teach you in in the animation school? This is your it's three year program, right? Uh, four years. Four. Okay. Four. Wow. Four years. So yeah. It's a four year program. So this is you. You finally make your film in the last year. What are you doing in the first three years? So basically the first two years are uh, you're learning the fundamentals of uh, a lot of storytelling stuff, like not even just specifically animation, but like learning how, how to do shots, like um, like mid shots, close ups, all that kind of stuff. You're learning uh, sound design. You're learning uh, uh, how to animate with the programs like themselves, as well as like learning design and how to actually create a concept art, that sort of thing. And so a lot of things get touched on and I, as the years progress, so in second and third year, you get to choose like, oh, I want to actually learn more 3D animation. I want to learn more. I want to get harder into 2D animation. And then uh, by the end, you're basically just picking whatever you learned and try to combine it into a film. So what, so in terms of this film, like how long did you, you drew every frame in this film? Uh, yeah, basically. So how long does it take to do 24 frames per, per second? It's five minute film. That's a long time. How long does it take? Oh God, forever, forever, Matthew. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, animation takes forever, depending on how you're going about it. And since I was hand drawing, like all the animation, it took like, I, I remember I sectioned off, I think three weeks for myself. I'm going to do all the animation in three weeks. And it took me like, I think two months or something closer to, to that. It just took, it took a lot of time. So the first shot of the film really kind of it just sets sums up your tone, right? Like it's like you're in this kind of farm field, stars in the air, it stars, it's nighttime, and it's like this kind of farmhouse, but then there's a windmill on top of the farmhouse, I guess, right? 
Yeah. And then you then you title the you fade into credits and then all of a sudden tone wise we as an audience kind of understand where we're at I guess right. Yeah. Exactly. And so in terms of the character, the boy and the owl, where did you kind of, how did long, how did you design the, the look of them, of those two characters? Uh, I knew I wanted, I wanted the boy to, I wanted the boy, like both characters to be very simple looking, not just for like aesthetically, but uh, for me to animate, I knew it would be easier. So it was very practical. Uh, the boy, I knew I wanted him to be uh, sort of simple and his hair to be sort of uh, messier to kind of reflect his like kiddish personality but the owlbear his pet friedrich i really wanted him to be very bread loaf like i thought he was just cute and trying to find a way to convey that softness and that squareness to him was uh was sort of tricky actually in, in the design process but i like how it turned out bread loaf i like that so yeah the the the, and the, the boy is really just like he's a he's a he's black and white but he's like kind of like just He's like you said, he's got the flowing hair, but he's like, he's just all white, I guess, right? Like he's all like, he almost like, like, like they almost like cows in a sense because they have like patches of black and like, you know what I mean? White <laughs> and black. I don't know if that, anybody's ever referenced that before. You have not. You're the first one, Matthew. <laughs> Subconscious, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I like what you're going for, though. It was definitely because I was working in black and white. I didn't have to, a lot of the lines on the character himself, yeah. I could just, some of them I could just ignore. Like uh, if you see, the character he has no bangs or separation between face and hair it's yeah. just all one thing because it, you don't really need it in black and white so there's like the, the first like kind of minute of the film like there's like you can see what they're doing they're working they're constantly working and then like then they're like they're playing a little bit but he's always like he's like cleaning something he's putting stuff in the fire he's sweeping he's always like kind of like in the he's always working i guess right yeah and this Basically. sort of what is that? Is that like, what's the, like for you, uh, uh, like, um, so like metaphorically and like thematically, what is your film? What are you trying to say with this film? I, I really wanted it to be about uh, valuing being in the present instead of worrying about the future. Like that's something I go through where I'm so, sometimes I'm so worried about what's going to come next that I'm not focusing on what's happening right now. So as the kid in his, uh, in Friedrich, his pet, are like working throughout the night. I wanted to, I really wanted to show that not only are they working, but they're enjoying what they're doing. They're having fun. They're, they're goofing around, but they're also getting stuff done. And throughout the film, it kind of builds where the kids like getting, he keeps looking at this clock and he's getting more worried about it. So, so for me, I guess the work is sort of supposed to represent like uh, just kind of him going about his life and enjoying it. But at the same time, he's got a huge responsibility, I guess, right? He's got to keep the stars going, right? Don't we all, Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's about. We got to keep keep moving. Yeah, so sort of. It's sort of like it's kind of like life for him. Like that's just his day to day. Like how we, well, I guess night to night, how he works. So what happens when when we stop? Like the, the there's no stars in the sky. Yeah. So basically, the mill powers the stars, and when he, if he stopped and just turn, if he stopped the machine, it would just turn off all the stars. So, but it's like us, like as an individual, right? Like we, if we stop moving forward we stop evolving as a human you know like basically nothing nothing is working around us i guess right yeah exactly it's like all about change and kind of like going forward basically so tell me about the so you got some voiceover voiceover but let's talk about your music first your sound design and music because you said you referenced that in the first two years of film obviously animation is, is the sound design is so important like right like it's like it's just the key it's the key to your film 
So tell me yeah. about the working on the sound design. Oh, so tricky. It was uh, something I learned to value over my course at Sheridan was that sound design for animation is like half is like half the experience. If yeah. you have bad sound design, it'll just destroy the film. So I know I had to I had to dig around for different sound effects and try to figure out how this windmill that powers the stars is going to sound. So I, I had so many different sounds that I pulled from the sound bank that I was trying to. You did it craft. yourself. You did the sound design yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I sat really there. Good. Yeah, thanks. It, it was really it was hard hard to figure out, but it eventually, and you, I found that you can get really picky with sound design. Yeah, like you could go forever with it, but uh, eventually, I, I sort of reached something that I, I really liked. So you had some colorists, and you had the uh, in your film too, right? Like they had a lot of pe people working, helping you work on the film. Yeah, basically, uh, our program does this thing in fourth year where you can pull out some of the first or second years who want to, who are interested in your film to help you oh, like cool. coloring characters and stuff. So I basically had all these, like these, like uh, first years, uh, just paint bucket filling all my characters white. Did you do that for someone else's film when you were in first and second year? I did. Yeah. I did. A, I did some, some coloring for a fourth year when I was in the second year, I think. And what about yeah. the voice, the, 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 the person who played the boy? Oh yeah. That was uh, my little cousin, uh, Kane. He's like nine, I think now. His name's Great. Kane. Great Kane. Name. Yeah, no, it was a really biblical. Cool name. I know. <laughs> Hopefully, there's no Abel. And what did but, he uh, think of the film? Uh, he really, I think he liked it. He was kind of quiet about it, but uh, he really enjoyed or seemed to enjoy uh, recording it. Like uh, I know we had to set up a little like blanket fort to try to muffle out the noise. Yeah. So we were huddled in there with my laptop as I tried to feed him the lines. And what about your composer? Where did you find your composer? I found him on Reddit. I went on r slash composer and I posted this big post being like, hey, I need a composer for my film. This is what it's about. Here's uh, the animatic that's kind of rough. Uh, here's some reference. And I picked, uh, I went through like 30 composers and I picked out one that I felt could really uh, capture uh, the sound I was going for. Uh, Andy Rinaldi, his stuff is great. Where does, where does he live? Uh, I think he's in the States. I forget what, what, uh, what state he's in specifically but he's in america somewhere so he like so that just added this film adds to his credits i guess right yeah definitely so did you get an a for this film uh yeah basically uh, it's like we don't really do grades it's more of like a completion mark and kind of making sure you hit all the boxes over the course of the year yeah so like i, I basically got like the hundred percent that like i completed everything so there's some people unfortunately not complete their projects uh, yeah, some people don't like a lot of uh, a lot of people tend to have trouble uh, finishing the film or trying to get like they get stuck on a step or maybe their composer drops out like stuff happens. Yeah. So some people run into that, but they'll still pass depending on if they completed those benchmarks. So what motivated you to submit the festivals? Uh, so basically, this is probably the only film I'll ever make. So I was like. What I really want to have about? the. Don't say what? That. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm. It's just that it was so much, and like, if I wanna, if I wanna tell a story, Matthew, I'll just like make a comic or something. I don't know. <laughs> Did, don't you get the bug though? Doesn't it feel so satisfying that you? Yes. The film? It's probably one of the most creatively satisfying things I've done. But I, I knew when I finished it, I wanted to go through the the film experience and like really go all out. So I started applying to a bunch of festivals after that. So it must be doing well, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's a chunk that definitely didn't accept the film, but there are like a lot of that were like, yeah, yeah, we'll take that. 
including uh, you guys. So I was happy about that. Yeah, that that's what we say in our acceptance emails. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll take that. Film. <laughs> I like how you said that. Yeah, that's exactly how it's worded. Yeah. <laughs> no, just because it's just yeah, but it's like like the, the, so. What did you think about? We send you the audience uh, to you, the audience feedback video. What did you think about the audience had to say? I thought that was great, actually. I was um I was really nervous going into it because uh, the more personal a project is, the more on edge you are about listening to other people talk about it. Yeah. But it was cool to get the uh, the opinions of these people who had no connection to me, but you could tell they're all like passionate about film in sort of their own ways. So it was really cool to hear what they had to say about it. So was do you think stained out for you about people's interpretation of your film? I was really I was really glad that everyone seemed to get the theme I was going for that whole like not wanting the night to end, that that uncertainty about the future. Everyone seemed to really connect with that, yeah. which I thought was really because, you know, when you're making something, you kind of get in your head too much and you're like, are people even going to get this? Like, I can't even tell anymore. Yeah. So that, that really stuck with me. It's like you get into the weeds of your of your project, especially animators, right? Because you're really alone a lot of the time, right? And Exactly. Uh, and you, do you ever have those moments? I'm sure you in this project where you had those, those, those doubtful moments where like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this thing is not very good. It's like, what, why don't people don't get this? Did you ever, ever have those kind of those insecure feelings? Oh yeah, constantly. Oh my God, never ends. But it's uh, something I had to do was I had to rewatch uh, media that inspired me to make the film in the first place. So I would rewatch short films, I'd watch actual films and try to reignite that, that thing in the back of my head that's like, this is why I'm, I'm doing this. Gotcha. So basically the, the the film you've seen the most times in your life in the blog interview, you said Star Wars films, correct? Yes. Yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan. So you're from a generation where I'm assuming you, were you, were you when the, the, the second part, the second, third films came out, you were, I guess you were just being born, I guess, right? 1999? Yeah, the prequels. The prequels, or the yeah. So you're so what got? Do you remember who got you into these Star Wars films? I'm just curious. Yeah, it was it was my dad, and he did it by accident. He was basically watching in like the bedroom, uh, episode five, Empire Strikes Back, and I remember just little kid me walking into his room, into that room, being like, "Dad, what are you watching?" And he's like, "Star Wars." <laughs> and I sat on the bed and I started watching it, and I remember just getting really invested in the world, and then from then on, it was just complete obsession. That's. Well, the, arguably, that's probably the best film of the six. Yeah, it's actually my favorite one. Yeah, well, it's probably the best one. Like it's, it has tones of darkness, and of course, it has a soap opera moment, right? So yeah, it's a good mix of everything. <laughs> so yeah, because I'm from that. I'm from the generation where I was old enough to like when I watched the first three films. I guess the, the, the you know five, six, four, five, and six. So when the the, the second part came on. You, you're, you know, you're, you're the one, you're the generation that watched those films. So it's interesting to watch the perspective, right? Because yeah. they're really different tones, right? The three, the, the, the three and the three, right? The prequels yeah. to the regular ones. No, definitely. Also different quality, but you know, that's debatable. What do you mean by quality? Well, I would like, you could tell with the, the first three films, it was like, a, it was a very big team effort between a bunch of different, like you had George Lucas, you had like uh I think his wife at the time, who was like his editor, Marshall, you had a lot yeah. of people like putting in this, like trying to create uh, create something. And, uh, and then with the uh, prequels, I think George Lucas had complete creative control or something. Yeah, he was writing it. Films, yeah. yeah, he was writing, directing, just doing all of it. And it's very like, you, they have different, the trilogies have different feels. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you jump into them. And that's kind of what created that sort of divide between the two. 
well, CGI versus uh, 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 miniature, miniature, uh, in a miniature technology, right? Because they all those spaceships were miniaturized and they kind of shot the miniature kind of like kind of stop motion, whereas the other ones were just CGI, I guess, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So what is your goal as a film? Uh, you like, make Please make another film, by the way. Please make another <laughs> film. You're very talented. I know it's a grind. I know it's like it takes a lot of time, but... I think that you you're onto something. I think you can have a really bright future if you want. But right now, what is your goal as a, as working in the industry? What do you want to do? I would really love to uh, like while I'm in the animation industry, I'd love to storyboard on sort of like a, on sort of some bigger project, maybe like a feature film, yeah. and kind of get to create uh, add my creative input in forging that sort of story. I think it's like a very different experience when you're working with like a team and you're all pitching ideas yeah. to try to make it like a story the best it can be. And I would love to just be a part of that process. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll make another film. I don't know. Maybe, but I, I should, I probably shouldn't say never, but I just kind of, if I have, there's, there's so many story ideas I get over the course of like, you know, over the years. Yeah. And I just, when I want to creatively satisfy myself, I usually rely on comics to kind of capture that. It's faster, I guess, right? It is faster. It is faster. But I will say there it's nothing like sitting down to watch your film. Yeah. It's such a different like feeling seeing it come to life in that way. Yeah. Well, this is a great, like I said, it's a fun film. It's a really gutsy film as well. Like uh, like I said, black and white. And uh, I hope you're proud. Like it's like I hope that you're like you can look back on this like even five years from now and like uh you know, you can get dates too if you want by showing your film, right? If you're looking to get dates. Right. <laughs> so how talented. I, I don't know if you have a girlfriend or boyfriend, but it's like it's like you know, like you can get you can get some game. It's hey, do you want to see my black and white experimental animation film? Yeah, oh, but here yeah, you go. I'm telling you, it's like people oh, the, the, the right person's gonna be really attracted to that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm just throwing it out there. I never said that before on a podcast, but I don't know. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for this uh, uh, no wonderful film. Maybe we'll talk again when you make your next film. Uh, and good luck with the industry. I'm sure you got a nice career ahead of you. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Incorporated. We're going to do it. Give us any chance we'll take.